Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. It's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. No Colin Brister today, and that's because I spend an hour with Marshall Henderson, all-time Ole Miss basketball great, as we, among other topics, rewatch Ole Miss Florida 2013, the SEC Tournament Championship game. But we talk about many, many other things as well, and he's coming up in just a minute. But first, some house cleaning items. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. When you do go to iTunes, please leave a five-star review. Doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports, which if you want to support me, this podcast, Ole Miss Sports in general, go to my website, the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. Colin Brister on Twitter is at Colin Brister. Marshall's going to join us on the Modern Women phone line. And now, more than ever, if you can, please support all of our proud sponsors of this podcast. Impact by Ironwood, Sola, Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, Chinese Pharmacy, John Welty Realty, which brings you the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood. B&A Bank, Modern Woodman. They continue to support this podcast even amidst the trying time that is the coronavirus pandemic. So if you can, if you can show your support monetarily in any way possible, please do so. I've been in business in some way with each and every one of these people. They're all local businesses. They need you now. Locally, businesses are struggling across the board. So locally, right now is the time to spend your money to support them however you can. For Sola, they've got a curbside option for you available now that we all can't go eat at restaurants. Buying gift cards is a good way to support these places. But just giving them your business in some way will go a long, long way, not only for this podcast, but for these sponsors themselves. So please show your support. And thank you, thank you for listening to Talk of Champions. Going to go now to Marshall Henderson on the Modern Women phone line. The all-time Ole Miss basketball great is currently an assistant coach at Thomas University. We talk a little bit about that, as well as Andy Kennedy being hired at UAB. And is there a future for Marshall at Ole Miss again? We'd raise a bunch of different possibilities, as well as go through the entire 2013 SEC basketball tournament experience for Ole Miss, culminating in a championship with a win over Florida in the title game on that Sunday. That memorable, memorable day. But before we get to Marshall, let's first hear from Modern Woodman and B&A Bank, which power talk of champions. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires 
and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives. Securing futures. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC. An equal housing lender. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool, we'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. Henderson on a steamer. Three on two. Henderson for three. Got it! Henderson. Double clutch, three, wow, look at that. Marshall Henderson tries a three, got a three! Hello. Oh my goodness, what a play. Steve Falcrow. <laughs> Henderson! Joining me now on the Modern Women phone line, former Ole Miss basketball player. Ole Miss basketball, great. Good friend of the program, it's Marshall Henderson. Marshall, what's up, man? How you doing in self-isolation? You doing good? I'm doing fine so so far. You know, when I, I played in the Middle East, that uh, prepped me very well for staying in your apartment and never leaving. <laughs> so uh, for about the last 10 days, about 7 to 10 days, um, well, the town I am, in first off is, is a small town. So it doesn't do anyways. Um, but like all our players left, um, two of our other coaches left. Um, so I haven't, I'm not going back to Dallas yet. I'm staying out here alone, you know, social distancing myself and quarantining just how everyone wants us to do. <laughs> what information have y'all gotten in y'all's league as far as from administrators, those in the higher up positions about when y'all could resume play practices or players being gone? What information are y'all getting? See, that's the thing is it's just kind of, we don't really have a timeline. Um, I know we were about to have a big um, kind of like tryout, not not our big recruit day, but kind of the build up to it where we have people from the area come and play, you know, and, and, and stuff and, and try and see if they, if they're worth a look on our team. And um, we had to cancel that. It was like kind of the four, 24 hours before or after everything kind of really hit the fan. And uh, so then, you know, we wind up, our kids all had to go or they didn't have to go home, but they, the camp campus is closed down um classes are online and so now we're trying to figure out when can we have that recruit day again um you know where we have 30 40 kids come and, and see if they're to be on our team kind of a tryout and uh, they haven't even really given us a date 
as to when we will uh, um, kind of meet and go over when the date will be. <laughs> so, like, I was thinking, you know, maybe April 15th, uh, like, do is that a day to where maybe they say at the end of May they can come? You know, right now we don't really have a timeline for that. Um, you know, the thing with the difference in, in, in the NAI level as compared to, you know, D1 level is um, summer school and summer workouts. We don't have that. So our guys are already kind of, they just kind of got an early start on going home for the summer. So we have, we'll have a lot more time um, to kind of let things play through, you know, and when I was talking to coach Kennedy the other day, uh, yeah, a couple days ago, you know, for his situation, at UAB things are supposed to start now, you know, at D one level, it doesn't, you go home for like the, the month of May, but you're right back in June for summer one. And so that will be interesting to see, you know, kind of how that plays out on that level. But for us, you know, I, 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 we have plenty of time to, to let things play through. It's just kind of hard trying to recruit guys um, through the phone. Like, this is going to be a time for us to have out-of-town guys. You know, I'm from Dallas. I got a handful of guys from Dallas that want to come here. They want to play here, but they wanted to come out here. You know, see the school, see the town, obviously, um, before you figure out where you want to live the next four years. But now we don't know when that will happen, and uh, we don't really have a timeline yet as to when uh, that could possibly be. You brought it up. AK's gotten his second full-time head coaching gig back home at UAB, the second job or the next job after Ole Miss. What do you think about UAB mm-hmm. and AK landing there? Oh, I mean, it's a, it's a perfect fit. Everyone knew it was going to happen. Um, you know, obviously he was a really good player there, and, you know, when I was talking to him, I was like, that's got to feel good to a job comes open and everyone's just like, it's your job, <laughs> you know, um, that, that would be, you know, that's a, such a nice bar. And, you know, someone like me now, I'm in the, we, we are similar kind of players and I want to be a similar kind of coach as him and, you know, trying to get to that point to where when something comes open, where there's like, oh, it's a no brainer, you know, that's you. Um, but you know, I think it'll be a really good fit. Um, kind of, I guess, you know, Kermit Davis was just came from conference USA. Um, I think, you know, the players that the type of players that coach Kennedy got at Ole Miss, I believe he'll still get those same type of players to UAB. Obviously now you're playing conference USA instead of sec, you need a lot more wins. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think, uh, I think it's going to be, they're going to be very successful coming up, um, you know, and it'll be it'll be uh, cool to kind of just watch over the next few years. She kind of float to him. Hey, AK, you took a chance on me once as a player, as a coach, an assistant. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, for one, one thing about me in the coaching thing that's kind of come real easy is that I played <laughs> and you know, played at a high level, and so um, it's it's I don't really have to do oh there's the learning that I'm learning a coach is like book work stuff, you know, um, um, budgets and, and itineraries and yeah, that the, kind of the stuff. boring the, stuff. The, yeah. The boring stuff. And so, you know, but recruiting has come really easy to me. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm really able to connect with players because a lot of it's, you know, I get it's some players know me and then some players have no idea, but pretty much all the time their coaches or their parents knew, know who I am. And so, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's been kind of funny. Some of the reactions I've gotten over the years or over the year, but, um, I definitely, 
no, that recruiting comes very easy to me, you know, and, and being able to get some really good players. So hopefully that can kind of push me up the line here pretty quickly. I can see the path. You brought it up about with AK, the UAB job comes open. It's your job. Mm-hmm. You get UAB assistant job, then you move on to another one, then you get a head coaching job, <laughs> then Ole Miss comes open 15, 20 years, 10 years, I don't know, down the line. Yeah, it's Marshall's the way job. down the line. Yeah, it's Marshall's yeah, job. Yeah, we did talk about that. Like, that would be that would be pretty cool um, for something like that. You know, I, I also think, too, kind of a, a lower step than that, though, would be at my junior college, South Plains. You know, whenever, uh, now that I'm in coaching, and my, my coach, who is still there, he's in the Hall of Fame. But, you know, he's got gray hair. So, you know, I, I can see him probably shutting it down, not anytime soon, but, you know, kind of soon-ish, probably – uh, you know, five, 10 years. And then, you know, a job like that comes open and I'm, I'm kind of where I'm at. Is that something that I would look into? Absolutely. But I think that's a place that, you know, something like that could happen um, realistically. Um, you know, so that's, it's, it, it, that, that it's pretty good to like play it, play, make a name and then being able to go back afterwards, whether it's for leisure or even for a job. <laughs> um, the, the, those those things are, are really nice. And that's kind of what I tell some of the guys I'm recruiting is, you know, you come here and you, and you make an imprint. Uh, you know, we had, we, we didn't have that great a year this year, but one of the players on our team, he played so hard. He has job offers. He has like five job offers already because they saw the way he played. And they're like, I think he'll be able to translate that into the workforce. And, and you know, a lot of the times, I mean, employers love college athletes. Um, you know, outside of just in the athletic world. And uh, that's just kind of what I tell my guys is, hey, man, you can make an imprint or leave your print on some on some people and, and then they can take care of you after your basketball playing days. See, in these days of no sports right now, that's exactly what Ole Miss fans need to fantasize about, getting Marshall back at Ole Miss in the SEC. Even if it's an older and gray-headed Marshall Henderson, it's not like the personality's going mm-hmm. away. It would fit. Oh, the personality will never leave. <laughs> I'll always be the hype guy. I'll always have insane amounts of energy. Um, you know, it's just now I'm able to stay in my house in the quarantine. You know, back back <laughs> at Ole Miss, I, I probably wouldn't have even been at home. <laughs> yeah, you'd have been one of those assholes that we're all mad at right now that's still because the self-isolation, yeah. the social distancing at happened around spring Florida. break. Yeah, and they're still in Florida on the beach. It's like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Well, I know, I know how I would have reacted to the SEC tournament getting canceled. You know, I would have been uh, pretty rageful, probably. <laughs> so uh, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, no, no school." That wouldn't have probably been a good, the best thing. <laughs> so I'm glad that this happened at 29 instead of at 19. <laughs> yeah. Well, bringing up the SEC tournament, this is the second rewatchables edition of Talk of Champions because there's no sports. Mm-hmm. Going back and watching memorable Ole Miss games. The first one was 2014 Ole Miss, Alabama, and Bo Wallace was the guest. And today is 2013. Oh. Yeah. I knew you'd like that because you love that game. You've talked about that game before. Oh, love that game. I love Bo. You know, me, me and Bo, we were there at the same time. So I love me some, some Bo Wallace. Well, see, it's perfect then. The second one is 2013 Ole Miss, Florida, the SEC Tournament Championship game. A lot of things to go over here, and I guess the only way to do it mm-hmm. is to jump right into it. And before we go play-by-play play through the game, and it was an insane game, once you look back and watch it, and I hadn't watched it in seven years, like rewatched it totally, and when you go back mm-hmm. and watch it, how many high-level plays are made? But setting the stage here, going into the tournament, 
even though y'all had won 23 games going into the tournament, or, yeah, 23 games going into the tournament, um, there was still some doubt about whether or not y'all were going to make the NCAA tournament, that y'all were one of the last four mm-hmm. in or one of the last four out. There was no guarantee. And I remember that AK's job status was a big topic mm-hmm. of discussion if he didn't make the NCAA tournament. And Ross Bjork, I know this because I saw it, had a short list of potential candidates. And I think, AK, if they didn't make the tournament that year, he's not going to be back the next year. Buzz Williams was atop this list. Y'all knew this. Y'all knew that effectively mm-hmm. y'all are going to Nashville competing for AK's job. Yeah, I mean, when we lost, you know, uh, before that, uh, uh, three games prior to the NCAA tournament, when we lost at Mississippi State, and I'm not saying this because they're our rival, but they were literally the worst team in college basketball. They were horrible. That year. They were horrible. <laughs> and, and of course we lost, you know. And so um, I think I was like three for 16 from threes that game, just something horrible. And so, you know, we lose. And I, I just remember just the feeling on the bus ride home was it was dark and it was down. And that was r- the first time all season that I – you know, obviously we had lost some games, but that was the first time all season where there was really no words being spoken. Um, just kind of, there wasn't, no one was really lifting anybody up. It just kind of was like, Oh my gosh. And you know, the next day, um, Kennedy came in and he gave us a great speech. I don't know if I should repeat it, but oh, it was sure, sure, sure. What do you say? What do you say? <laughs> well, it was something along the lines of guys, look, the rest of the way, it, it, it's on y'all. Um, he was like, you know, we don't make the tournament. You know, obviously, we're all fired. Seniors, you're done. Uh, underclassmen, y'all aren't, uh, you know, new guy comes in. He probably gets ready. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. So we're going to take practice day to off, today off. Y'all kind of talk amongst yourselves, figure out what we need to do to get ready for LSU and Alabama that we still had to play before the tournament and so we wound up uh oh well and then he goes this is like my favorite quote of ever he was like you know the difference between y'all and me is i'm gonna be on a beach in florida (laughs) 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 like see that's where i gotta get whenever my job is on the line if it doesn't happen in my favor i'm still good to go on vacation after. (laughs) So it was, uh, I'll never forget that. It was, it was great. So we wound up, um, we go into the practice facility and our whole team played a game of wiffle ball and it was just full blown wiffle ball. It winds up getting like ultra competitive. Um, I think like Nick Williams, like chunked the ball at Reggie, like the, and pegged him. Starts getting, it, it got, it got intense. For a, for a wiffle ball game at such, at such an odd time. And then we hit it back. But then after that, it was crazy because we played so freely the next, you know, what did we win? Like six games in a row. Uh, we beat Alabama at home on senior night. And then we went down to LSU and just smacked them. And then we got it rolling. We got our, kind of got our mojo back um, going in. And then, you know, obviously we get there and there's Missouri in the first game. And we are like, because – they were the, they finished they were the sixth seed in the SEC tournament yet they were just automatically in the NCAA tournament which I, I still had never figured out I was like okay like how how do you finish sixth and you're just okay and you know us in Kentucky are sitting here tied for second and neither one of us are going <laughs> like 
I, that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, so, see, I think course, I remember now, back then um, the way they weighed these NCAA tournament resumes were so different than they are today. Today, that team in 2013, y'all's team, y'all would be a slam dunk for the tournament. But because y'all had lost to South Carolina mm-hmm. and Mississippi State, two teams in the 200s in the RPI, mm-hmm. and RPI was all that mattered, not to mention a non-conference schedule yeah. that was number 281, a Missouri yeah, who meets yeah. the criteria despite being the sixth seed, and Ole Miss doesn't meet this criteria as the three seed, they're a slam dunk to get in, mm-hmm. and y'all are on the outside looking in. So now you mm-hmm. look back at it, it doesn't make any sense because today there mm-hmm. would be no question Ole Miss would be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, it's, we only had like seven losses or eight losses like at the time. Yeah, I see people getting in now like with 14, 15 losses. I'm like, there's no way that team should be in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, with it going into that game against Missouri, it was great. It was it was a really good matchup because we beat them at our place and they beat our beat us in like you know at their place. Um, Reggie like gets in a fight, gets ejected. I remember that was that was that was a rough game. So here we are in the first round of the of the SEC tournament, you know, on a neutral floor, two teams that had real physical games the first two games, you know, and with our tournament because I remember like I think they were talking in the broadcast. They're like, well, what if Ole Miss loses? Like, Missouri's not a bad loss. You know, it's not um, the the end of the world, per se. But luckily, we were able to fight through, and little Millinghouse, um, you know, was able to hit the buzzer beater and push us on. You start the year 17-2, and 6-0 in the SEC, but you lose five of your next seven. And the RPI losses, mm-hmm. the bad RPI losses, like I mentioned, South Carolina, Mississippi State, the non-con schedule ranking, yeah. 281. Even still, you win five of your last seven. You get the number three seed to get that mm-hmm. double bye, which was critical. And you won three games yes. in three days, trailed in all three. The Missouri game, you come back from down 14 to beat Missouri, mm-hmm. um, which included one of the most memorable out-of-nowhere clutch performances by little Derek Millinghouse, of all people. And yes. Derek mm-hmm. was forced into the starting lineup or to play significantly because Jarvis went down mm-hmm. with a concussion in that win. What yep. was the team's response mm-hmm. when Jarvis got hurt? Well, none of us really knew that – I mean uh, – like I was looking at him, me and Reggie were like right there, kind of by him when he fell, and um, but we saw. I mean, but none of us really are like we still had the game to play, so none of us were like back there with Clark, our, our the team trainer, like team doctor in the back in the tunnel, and until Jarvis comes out in in, in his sweats, um, and then like we, so we didn't really know Millinghouse is playing great, <laughs> so we're like. Uh, okay. Like we, I guess it wasn't even really kind of like a thought, um, you know, where is he at? Because Derek was playing so well that it was like, okay, well, there's, we didn't really have any time to think about it. And now he's already playing well. So we just, we just kind of went with it. Even knowing all of that, <laughs> I doubt a Derek Millinghouse floater in the lane with 1.1 seconds left was the play y'all drew up for the game winning shot. I mean, did AK draw that up? What actually happened? What was the play? Uh, the play was definitely for me, um, coming around however many screens on the baseline and, uh, they cut me off and I threw it to Snoop and Snoop drove and then they threw it back to Derek and then Derek just went and they just kind of, they tried to, I think we set a screen and like, uh, Derek split the two guys. I don't know why they were that far up though with you know, three seconds left because Derek wasn't known for shooting. 
he definitely was being he was a fast guy that could get in and, and really break you down in the lane. They come up all the way for some reason. He just went through him. Nobody stepped up, and he just drained it. And Derek started against Florida, and I remember AK after that mm-hmm. game likened it to football and going into the biggest game of the year with a backup quarterback. But Derek, even though he didn't finish career, his career at Ole Miss, he ultimately transferred out. Mm-hmm. He was kind of a sneaky yeah. good fit for y'all's team, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, he was great, um, but especially because of the compliment from Jarvis. You know, Jarvis co- – like. I know when coach is saying going in without your quarterback, like that's more of a shout out to Jarvis than anybody, because, you know, Jarvis was always so under control, um, especially playing alongside me. <laughs> he, you know, he was always had everything under control when Jarvis had the ball. I think he was, he was like led the sec and assist the turnover ratio. You knew everything was good and okay. Well, and that's what is, was so another just amazing thing about that win is that you don't even have your, you're like leader, your ball handling leader with you. Instead, you've got the freshman who's out of control, <laughs> goes at a million miles an hour all the time. Um, but it worked for us in Missouri because we needed it. And then, uh, you know, also with Snoop White, also, when Derek wasn't in, Snoop would play the point guard, which he hadn't played point guard all season. Um, so, so just for us to try to kind of mold last second, um, you know, I think obviously there's a reason that one of the reasons that we won, we were able to kind of adapt to, to injury quickly. See, that's one of the most amazing things about this tournament run. Snoop was the biggest beneficiary of Jarvis going down, but you and Derek mm-hmm. and Snoop, but you and Derek, a lot of the time were handling the ball. Point guard Marshall mm-hmm. Henderson for three games was kind of boring. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I did like that. That coach started giving me the ball a little bit more to and like letting the guy set me a ball screen instead of with the, with me dribbling the ball like dribbling into it instead of coming off a screen and then catching and then waiting for it. Because um, I always obviously I like having the ball in my hand, <laughs> so uh, it was it was nice. Uh, some people don't think I can dribble, but um, you know, especially at that time when it, when you got to win. Sometimes you just got to put the ball in the guys who are going to get it done. Um, and so I was just very happy that Kennedy was uh, trust, trusting in me to get it done in a, in a kind of a mixed role. Yeah, because we're going to go through the Florida game in a second. But what really stuck out to me mm-hmm. is how often you were driving the ball and you were dishing out mm-hmm. strong assists like that alley-oop to Reggie. This was the first time mm-hmm. probably all year that over an extended run, Marshall's not just shooting threes. I mean, you were driving, you were shooting, mm-hmm. you were dishing. This was a totally different game for you, yeah. a totally different week for you. Well, that also kind of stemmed back from the South Carolina and Mississippi State losses where I had been driving. Um, but, you know, the, I have a couple off nights we lose, but it was I was just shooting. I wasn't being as aggressive driving the ball. And that was always kind of something with me, like in my game anyways, is I would always – fall in love shooting too much obviously instead of driving I would I I almost underestimate my own what my own talent in being able to drive the ball um and just kind of relying on the shooting and so that was kind of like an emphasis after those losses get back to getting the ball and really attacking um instead of just trying to settle for threes okay so Vanderbilt upsets Kentucky which both helped and hurt you guys because 
of how resumes were weighed at the time, Ole Miss, y'all needed high-profile wins. And the thought was <laughs> mm-hmm. beating Kentucky alone would have been enough. Y'all had to come back in that mm-hmm. one against Vanderbilt, too. You scored 23 points in what was ultimately a pretty comfortable 64-52 to win. But we later learned mm-hmm. y'all were in regardless of the outcome of the Florida game. But considering the volatility of y'all's resume, y'all were pretty convinced you had to win on Sunday. Definitely. Um, we didn't want to leave anything to chance <laughs> because uh, just, it, just the history of Ole Miss just seems kind of sketch. <laughs> like, uh, I think they're going to just keep us out anyways. <laughs> so, um, you know, we went in and luckily, fortunately for us, obviously we'll go through it. But when we were down at halftime, we were actually like, oh, this is, this is great because they're going to let off the gas. <laughs> and we're not. <laughs> so we knew that once Florida was up, I don't know, 12, 14 going to halftime that, you know, we had them right where we wanted them. Cause I think, cause both games before that we were down 10 anyways in the mm-hmm. second half. So um, I, I actually saw a stat. I think it was last year that since 2012, Ole Miss has the most 10, most 10 down 10 point comebacks in the second half uh, in the country. No way. <laughs> yeah, because AK sent it to me, and he was like, how many of these were you a part of? <laughs> I was like, shoot, I know three in a row. <laughs> oh, I remember but, I was sitting uh, in the uh, bowels of Bridgestone Arena well after the game was over on Sunday. We were watching the selection show, and y'all got the 12 seed, which now seems absurd. We'd go on to face number five seed Wisconsin in the first round, but that moment itself when you learned that you were in was pretty special. It's that deal in sports where you feel like you're part of a bigger community. And it doesn't matter if you're a player, mm-hmm. a coach, a fan, or a media member who's supposed to be objective. We're not, uh, but you're supposed to be. Just <laughs> come together in moments are pretty dope. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm, I'll never forget when they were showing it, they showed the other three regions first. And we were like, okay, we know we're in. <laughs> but they've showed the other, what, uh, 48 teams? Yeah. And uh, we're still like, okay, are we still on the bubble? Are we sure? Did we actually win? <laughs> you know, are we still getting in? And then there were a 12 seed. But, you know, the 12 seeds, you always got to watch out for the 12 seeds. <laughs> yeah, and that was the perfect matchup for y'all with Wisconsin because they just didn't have the answer for y'all's athleticism across the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and they're also kind of like a team like Virginia, I guess, like New Age Virginia, where it's like if somebody starts to get it going, a team gets it going, they're not coming back because they don't have they don't have the firepower. They have to win a forty-five to forty game. Um, that's how you wind up like Virginia, you know, losing to a sixteen seed because you know the way the style of play you play is it, it, it's so slow. When somebody finally gets it going, you're in a lot of trouble. Um, so we knew that going in uh, for that game. All right, so Florida was the top seed, number 13 in the country. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss, sixth best scoring offense in the country at 78.7 points per game. Florida came in third nationally, holding opponents to 52.3 points per game. Y'all scored 66, 40 of which came in the second half after trailing by 12 at halftime. So let's just jump right into the second half because the second half was the game. Florida opened yeah. the whole game with an 18-6 lead on four of nine from three. The first half sucked. So Florida led 38-26 yeah. at halftime. You'd made just one of six from the floor with three points, but slow starts weren't an uncommon occurrence for you. And in true gunner fashion, you'd keep shooting and catch fire, right? We'll get back to all-time Ole Miss basketball great Marshall Henderson after this brief word on Impact by Ironwood and Sola, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Business owners, did you know you can support Ole Miss athletics every time you accept a debit or credit card payment? 
That's right, Impact by Ironwood offers the best debit and credit card payments processing tools around, and they'll donate a portion of their profits to the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation in your name. The best part is you don't have to spend an extra dime to get exclusive member benefits, earn donor priority points, and support your Ole Miss Rebels. To learn more, call 1-833-GO-TEAMS. That's 1-833-GO-TEAMS. Or go to www.impactolmus.com. Make a difference. Make an impact. The coronavirus pandemic has upended everything. Each and every one of us were confined to our houses, self-isolation, social distancing. But that doesn't have to stop you from eating good food. Enter Sola, bringing to you unique cuisine and lifted spirits. Come as you are, enjoy creative dishes and distinctive drinks, skillfully combining ingredients from local purveyors with classic cooking techniques from all over the world. Simply put, Sola is the best restaurant in Oxford. So check them out. The website is solaoxford.com or give them a call at 662-238-3500. And make sure during this time of quarantine, self-isolation, social distancing to take advantage of their curbside and delivery service. That's Sola in Oxford on the Oxford Square. Yes, and that kind of also was my conditioning level was um, not matched by anybody. So, you know, once, yeah, he shut me down for the first half. But I just keep running and running and running, and uh, I had always wear the other, the other team down. See, that's easily. something that fans don't quite understand. While, yes, when you look at Marshall, you weren't like the super chiseled Murphy or Reggie, but conditioning-wise, yeah. man, you could just run people to death. That's the uh, the Native American in me. <laughs> <laughs> we can run forever. <laughs> uh, what was the halftime locker room like? What were the players saying amongst themselves? AK was known for his colorful speeches. You already brought up one. What was the message then? Well, like I said, we we actually were in the bright position we wanted to be because they, like you said, the first half sucked. They were taking it to us. We kind of held it. I don't know how we even kept it that close, really. Um, but we were all like, oh, this is like, they're going to, they're going to take it off. They think they've got this in the bag. Cause remember at, at their, when we played them at their place, they smoked us pretty good. Um, and so we, um, we, we were like, they're going to take off the gas. We're not, we need to come out here right in the, in the first four minutes, um, and really take it to them because we know they're going to come out here. Um, lackadaisical. We just, we knew it. <laughs> we knew it and so coach didn't even have to give us a raw he's like hey guys we're right exactly where we want to be we got no pressure um we just go out there and just play and uh you know we'll get we'll get something going here here eventually um and you know then by that time hopefully that momentum it's not enough for them to be able to be like oh what just happened okay so open the second half with a 10 to 3 run florida missed eight of its first Mm -hmm. 10 shots in that run was my favorite shot of the entire game. Seriously, Murphy and Reggie stuff Eric Murphy on an attempted layup. You get the rebound, Mm. dart down the floor. You know exactly where I'm going with this. You dart down the floor ahead of all your teammates. It's basically three on one, one defender in your face, two others crashing in from both sides. No hesitation. Marshall pulls up from like 33 feet, talking dribble, stop, rise, and sink a three. It's 41 to 36, 16.40 to go. The arena goes nuts. Henderson on Murphy. Yep, Murphy got the catch and was rejected out of there. Gators wanted a goaltending call, didn't get it. Pull and pop from three, and he got it. 
And the reaction from the Ole Miss bench was priceless. Your teammates are losing it. Bill Armstrong doesn't flinch. He's just sitting there, staying seated. And AK was up, kind of staring aimlessly. It's the best, man. That's hilarious. Armstrong wasn't moving. Yeah, I mean, the because uh, I know when we first came out, um, Murphy Murphy Holloway kept us together at the end of the first half and the beginning of the second half. Um, yeah. He was scoring scoring at will, to, you know, really doing. <laughs> And, and I mean this in every sense, putting the whole team on those big shoulders <laughs> that he had. Um, and so finally I was able to kind of catch it in freedom um, off that block and go with it. And that drill is a drill that I did um, almost probably every other day in high school. Um, uh, start, you know, on the start in the corner, dribble all the way down to the wing, shoot a three. Or, and, you know, just go back and forth on one side. Then in the middle, dribble straight to the top of the key, shoot it, start at the baseline, dribble, three, four dribbles straight to the top of the key, let it ride. Um, so that shot I had worked on thousands and thousands of times before. So once he backed up um, past the three-point line, and I was like, oh, well, I don't know where he thought I was going with this. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> once. Once I saw him go back, retreat off, not quite to the, like basically to the free throw line. I was like, well, there's, there's enough space. So uh, let's see what happens. Um, and I, you know, that was a part of that run. I think a timeout was called all of a sudden the, the momentum had shifted in our, in our advantage. You alley-oop to Reggie for a dunk with 13.39 left to tie mm-hmm. the score for the first time all game at 43. And you pump fake to get past mm-hmm. the defender, pulled up like you were going to shoot a jumper and dished it perfectly. And basically, mm-hmm. basketball is a game of runs, perhaps more so than any other sport. And momentum has, in a way, a tangible effect on performance. The score's tied at 43, and it seemed like, and you could tell me if I'm wrong here, it seemed like y'all were feeling it now, as in you could effectively absorb anything for mm-hmm. threw at you, and it didn't matter at that point because the game had completely mm-hmm. flipped. Rebels have never led this game. The lob underneath, they're tied now. Before the alley-oop two play, I believe that I ran, they ran a little decoy play and I set a screen for Reggie um, and got Reggie an, an easy bucket. Um, and then, because, uh, you know, Coach Kendi would, would, whenever I hit one, he would love to come run a second play for me the next time down. And so I, we think we hit him with a little trick play, you know, where I set the screen and Reggie scored. And then that next time I was able to come finally once again get some space um and i saw reggie just standing there and i was like well i'm just gonna act like i'm gonna shoot this i'm just gonna shoot it right to him and uh shot it right to him and he throws it on in and uh everyone's going wild and yeah it did seem like it seemed like we had just i mean we had just taken over the game just shocked i mean stunned all everyone from florida um but we knew it was going to happen the whole time uh so we just we really focused on trying not to make hero plays um, and and let the ball touch, keep working them, um, and you know that that stuff started to play through. Get a six point lead. Florida scores seven straight to go up by one with the three pointer by Eric Murphy, his only three in six attempts, which is particularly notable because he made forty five percent of his threes that year. And AK was known 
to simplify his offensive and defensive sets in game, especially if on defense a set or two was working. He'd just go back and forth depending on effectiveness. But what was the plan for Eric Murphy, or was his ineffectiveness more a byproduct of, say, a 2-3 zone man-to-man? We had kind of figured out um, their offense a little bit. Like on the zone, whenever, obviously, he was setting screens, um, he would he would uh, he would pop to the three point line. He wouldn't go to the post. So we changed. We started switching screens um, because the first time we played them, they were getting us on that. And even on the zone, um, even at the zone, like when they'd set a screen up top, he would he would pop. So we just started. We just said switch the screen so he can't get even touch the ball. Um, when he screens, you just stay right there with him because he's not rolling down to the basket. Um, and we were able to do that. And I, I remember him, uh, the first game of the tournament, he had like 35 points. Um, I forget who they played, but he hit like seven threes or something ridiculous. And then the second game after scoring the 35, he had like 14 and he didn't shoot it as well. We were like, Hey man, it's the third game of the third game in three days. You know, he's, he's not, his legs aren't going to be there. Um, he, he showed that already and we're not going to let him get, uh, just easy, uh, catches. Um, cause even if like a guy like me switched out unto him, if he catches, he can still shoot over me. So we just kind of didn't let him try not to let him catch it, but, uh, he still was able to get, he hit that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so cause we knew with them, they, he was kind of their go-to player. They didn't exactly have a, a real go-to player. They had a phenomenal team. Uh, um, obviously, but they, they didn't have like a go-to and they hadn't been in close games. Um, they had were beating everyone by like 20 at home. They lost some, they lost a couple on the, uh, at the end of the season, but they, they, the ones they had lost, they were close games and they hadn't proven to be clutch yet. And so we wanted to put some pressure on them. And, and uh, once we were able to do that, we knew that it was going to be a long night for them. It's 53 to 52. Our buddy Nick Williams, the Reggie Buckner Wrangler, hits a jumper. Mm-hmm. You score a driving layup, and you nail a cold blooded three off a miss by Nick when Reggie poked mm-hmm. the ball back out. Three pointer comes out. Buckner kept it alive to Henderson. Got it! This was the play that led you to gator chomping Florida fans before heading to the bench for a timeout. <laughs> that three, you mm-hmm. hit it, you were feeling it. Yes, definitely. Um, had gotten some rhythm, got to the free throw line. Um, I was able to hit some free throws. That always helps. That's one thing that, um, you know, I always try and tell scorers or shooters, hey, if, 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 you're, if you're a little off, try and get to the free throw line because that will set your, set your length and, you know, your sights back exactly, kind of, you know, get your bearings together. Um, and that was kind of in that time after, I think, I don't know, it may have been like six free throws I'd made. And so – um, that was just a, uh, at a perfect time um, to get it to get once again finally got some space <laughs> and able to able to put it in there. Um, but you know that was kind of our our offense anyways. Shoot it and then Murphy and Reggie just throw your guys out of the way and go get the rebound. <laughs> and uh, so you know that was one of the times that it it worked effectively. Kind of an aside here, but when talking about favorite Marshall moment. Most people point to Auburn. You've done that before in the podcast. Mm-hmm. But after rewatching mm-hmm. this, the Gator Chomp is up there. It's got to be 
top three, if not at the very top for me. Because that moment, the significance, the stakes. The reason that I did it was because the night before I dreamed about it, that I jumped up on the scores table and uh, like I like hit the buzzer beater in the, in, in the dream, though, for the win. And I jumped on the scores table and did it. So it was fresh on my mind. <laughs> Wait, what? You dreamed about it? Yeah, yeah, I told, yeah, I said that in the, in, my, in the interview after the game. But in my dream, I hit the buzzer beater and I jumped on the scores table and was doing it. <laughs> so when I hit that three, I was like, this is the time. This is the moment. Completely forgot. So Florida got within two points <laughs> twice down the stretch. The last at 65-63 yep. when Rosario drove to the basket for a laid up 35.3 seconds. Casey Prather picked you with uh, 22.3 seconds left. Florida calls a timeout. Wait, that, wait, 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 okay. wait. All right. That was not a pick. That was a dive into my legs, and they didn't call a foul. <laughs> it looked kind of clean rewatching it. You're saying it was. I went through, and he dove into my legs. And that's why I went flying and lost the ball. <laughs> okay. Well, see, that's, that's what we do this for. No, that's what we do this for. We correct the record. <laughs> that's what we do. That happens. That still happens. What's the feeling in yes. the huddle? Because I remember sitting on press row. I've been around almost my entire life. We've talked about this. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is, a, this is another we are Ole Miss moment. I could just see a heartbreaking finish coming. I know, and I set that up because even before that, I turned it over. For some reason, I went to it. I went from playing a fantastic game to a turnover machine. Um, I like my someone fell down or something a couple of plays before that, and I tried to throw the ball and I threw it away. And Kennedy was just like, "What?" And we were winning, and so like I went from winning the game to just trying to blow it for everyone. And I'm sitting there like, for me personally, I was like, "This can't happen." <laughs> like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is wrong. Like, it can't be me that messes it up. Like, no, this is going to be really bad. And uh, fortunately, it didn't end that way. <laughs> well, it wouldn't have been you because you've corrected the record. You got fouled. I got fouled. <laughs> there you go. Over my legs. Yeah, there you but... go. Okay, Eric Murphy <laughs> misses an eight-foot jumper that was well contested by Reggie. And this is where I want to talk yes. about Reggie for a second. When he was engaged, Reggie was dominant. His rim protection, the best in the country when he was engaged. And his yes. offense was, in my opinion, pretty underappreciated for that team. But you never mm -hmm. knew if you were going to get good Reggie or bad Reggie. He was completely unpredictable. What's your best Reggie story? Going to break away briefly from Marshall to tell you about two more proud sponsors of Talk of Champions, Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford and Cheney's Pharmacy. As we all deal with the fallout from the coronavirus pandemic, one thing we're all trying to do, make sure our dollar goes further than it ever has before. Well, good thing for you, if you're in the market for a new car, truck, or Jeep, Alan Samuels, they were already looking out for you financially to meet each and every one of your needs, whatever those needs may be. They'll work with you to ensure you get the car you want at a price point you can afford. All you've got to do is go visit Brian, Mason, and the crew and let them take care of you through the easiest, most seamless car buying process around. How can they best serve you? To take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides, be sure to contact them today at 662-638-0044. Or stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. As communities across the world deal with the coronavirus pandemic, it has never been more important to have a pharmacy you can trust. 
and the only pharmacy for you in Oxford is Cheney's Pharmacy. Not only is Cheney's Pharmacy filled with supporters of Ole Miss Athletics, but more than that, Cheney's, a fixture in this Oxford community, offers you anything and everything you'll need in your pharmacy. From prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time, Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally owned pharmacy, and that's important, locally owned that has been in Oxford over 40 years, and they provide the best customer service out there. So give them a call, 662-234-7221. Or you can visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at ChinesePharmacy.com. Right now, each and every one of us have our own set of problems. Don't let your pharmacy be one of them. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Well, it was before the season. We got into it. Um, he, his team beat my team, and uh, I don't know. He, he, he never, he never called me Marsh. He would call me White Boy. <laughs> that was what he called me. And he was like, "I told you, you ain't nothing, White Boy." Blah blah blah. And I was like, "You ain't never made the NCAA tournament." And like, just kind of, we kind of went back and forth. Like, it, it was pretty heated, but. Uh, it was all in love because <laughs> Reggie, cause sometimes you can get under Reggie's skin. Um, and for me being a little, you know, a little poker inside, you know, that sometimes that would be fun for me. <laughs> I love you to death. You and Reggie one-on-one, you know who I'm taking. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, sometimes I wouldn't think things all the way through. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate the confidence. That's what makes you who you are, but Marshall, dude, come on, man. <laughs> Reggie. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, I, I I loved Reggie. I love playing with Reggie. Um, you know, still talk to him now. I he uh I think he got sent home. He was in Japan right now, and his 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 season got canceled. Um, but yeah, no Re- Reggie. Reggie is like the one player. I always say he's the one player that nobody cared if they practiced or not. <laughs> it would be like people, oh, you know, my knee or something like that. Hey, just take the day off. <laughs> just show up on Saturday and we'll be good to go. <laughs> he was like Greg Hardy in football. Greg Hardy one week said, you know what? I want to go to Disney world. And he disappeared. He didn't go to practice for a week and he showed up on Friday. This is a true story with Mickey. Ears, uh-huh. He'd gone to Disney world. It was like that with Reggie. If Reggie didn't show up, oh. if you don't want to practice. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, we love Reggie. All right. So, uh, Murphy <laughs> grabs his 10th rebound. He's fouled. And the dude who mm-hmm. openly detests free throws and was never, ever particularly competent at them, makes one of two, 8.6 seconds left. He was in constant conflict mm-hmm. with the free throw line, but he was the co-MVP of this game. You've already brought it up. He had 23-10 and 10 and was just everywhere. He made 11-13 of 13 yeah. from the floor, three offensive rebounds, three steals, two blocks. If someone asked me to Dude. point to the quintessential Murphy-Holloway game, that was it. This was the game. Absolutely. That's, that's what championship teams do. They're – the, the best players rise to the occasion. And uh, especially when Murphy rose to the occasion was when no one else on our team was playing worth the crap. So that just speaks volumes to him as a player and as a person being able to, you know, pick people up and just say, come on, man, I got you. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so that was, that's just what you hope from a guy like that who played, you know, all, and went through what he went through, through his career in college, and then to, to have the chance to, re- when you, you know, get to the chance to really leave, leave your mark, you know, he took full advantage of that. Wait, wait, wait. Got to go back a second. I missed this one. 
there were so many high-level plays in this game in the final two and a half minutes especially. Oh, yeah. Just quality, quality basketball. Your putback of Murphy's missed layup, beating three mm-hmm. Gators to the ball with 2.09 to go, 63-59 to 59, um, lead is a good example of that. That's, in my opinion, a sneaky good candidate for play of the game because that play, the game, it was that close, and you out-jumped three guys. Now the lead pass to Holloway from Henderson. Henderson, the putback. Actually, I think we got the steal on a play that I'm talking about with Murphy where we kind of switched it and Boynton jumped in the air to throw it back and he had nowhere to throw it to. And so we just kind of threw it into no man's land and I was able to grab it and I saw Murphy and I was like, hmm, who? And we were like at the same, It's normally they say, you know, if you're, if you and the guy are at the same, um, like the same level, the guy with the ball just dribble all the way down there. But I saw that there was like, I think it was Wilbekin who was just barely behind us. And I'm sitting there in my head and I was like, Murphy was already running. And I was like, let me just give it to Murphy. <laughs> he's bigger, he's faster, and he's stronger. This seems like a great idea. I'll just follow it up. Um, you know, and he went in there and somehow missed it. <laughs> it's like only miss of the game. And I just happened to just just follow the play all the way and it came right to me um, and was able to put, put it back up. You know, it's just one of those, you know, hustle plays that are able to put you over the top. I've been saying it all year. I'm like, guys, it doesn't always have to be a shot. You know, it can be a charge. It can be a steal dive on the floor. It can be anything that can jolt you. And you don't always have to be down for plays like that to, to push you forward. You can still be up you know, and make those plays and then boom, you got a whole, you got a whole nother bird. You got a couple other minutes um, of, of energy to push you through in the, in that third game in three days. All right. Back to the final seconds to wrap this up. Y'all mm-hmm. wisely foul Scotty Woolbanks with 4.2 seconds left. And he missed both of them. Good fortune matters in these kind of games. Florida was three for 11 yes. from the free throw line in the second half. They missed their final five attempts over the last four minutes and 19 seconds. But of course, wow. in true Ole Miss fashion, Y'all still sweated the final score because Florida got an offensive rebound with a tip out to Kenny Boynton. Murphy can get a paw on it. Patrick Young can get a paw on it. Here we go. Now the kick out. There it comes to Boynton at the buzzer. It rimmed out. And the 32-year wait in Oxford for an SEC championship, the wait is over. How? How does that happen with four seconds left? Y'all got exactly what you wanted. Yeah, yeah. Can't really explain that. I know that when he was going to the line and we were, we were up three and he missed the first one. I was like, yes, <laughs> because I also know I was learning Ole Miss fashion. And I also know just how stuff happens. And I'm like, okay, he's probably going to make the first and miss a second. They're somehow going to tip it. <laughs> this is what I was like going in in my head. I was like, okay, once he makes the first, you got to be focused on really hitting the guy in front of you because he's going to miss it and it's going to go right to your guy. Because it happened to me. <laughs> and so I knew this going in. So when he missed it, I was like, Ooh, okay, now there's somehow it's still going to come to my guy and somehow they're going to tip it out to three. And it just kind of, he missed it perfectly. Like it kind of bounced around. People are jumping. That's what you want in a miss like that is just kind of the unknown. And of course, goes right to Kenny Boynton, who's had a great, just, uh, you know, it wasn't like it just went to some guys, like their goat, one of their best guards for four years. Um, 
and he shoots it and balls just in the air. And I was like, Oh, here we go. And missed. <laughs> so I was like, okay. That's the deal. His last gasp three <laughs> glanced off the rim. It looked pretty good off the hand though. I mean, that had to be an excruciating mm-hmm. one second or whatever it was. I uh, know. I was just like, no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> First sec tournament championship for Ole Miss since 1981. I was there, I saw it, mm-hmm. including an obviously emotional crying Nick Williams. But what was the celebration like yeah. from your perspective on the court? It was like relief. Um, like I felt, I was already skinny. I felt like 100 pounds lighter. Um, like I didn't have this, like, I don't want to say stress, but this kind of like, oh my, kind of feeling that had been hovering over for a couple weeks. <laughs> and uh, I was able to, you know, you see everyone so happy. Um, they're like spraying confetti everywhere. Um, that was just a lot of, that was, I mean, it was almost basically just mental blackout, (coughs) um, the whole time. So, uh, it was, but it was, I remember being a lot of fun. I remember it wasn't until we actually got on the plane. So I don't know how much time had lapsed from final buzzer through like celebrations. You know, there was like five celebrations, like with the family with the, the like trophy giving to like back in the locker room to like back outside, to back on the bus, you know, all the way till we finally get to the plane. And I remember that was like the first moment finally when I sat down and I was like, wow, we really just won. <laughs> we, we just won the championship. Like, this is pretty unbelievable. Um, you know, I mean, we, everyone talks about it, but then like when it actually happens, you know, but I didn't know, I mean, it could have been an hour or two that passed by, um, before I finally had my first like realization breath of what we had just accomplished. First NCAA tournament for AK in seven seasons, first for Ole Miss in forever, earned him five more years. And you scored 23.6 points in the tournament was named tournament MVP. And we've talked about this numerous times. But to bring it up one more time, just to punctuate it, I know it was satisfying because you were snubbed, absolutely snubbed, for first-team All-SEC by the league coaches earlier in that week, which was so obviously mm-hmm. petty bullshit. Yeah, and, you know, it wasn't just me. It was Murphy Holloway as well. Yeah. they put. I remember they, they put Johnny O'Brien from LSU first-team, and I was like, what? <laughs> like, whatever. I'm like, I'm not even mad for myself. I'm like, how are you going to tell me this guy from LSU who did nothing all season, their team did what is like not even competitive and Murphy who like led the conference in double doubles and y'all put him on second team too. Like what if Murphy, it's <laughs> just so the complete both, disrespect you know, for that team that people had. Yeah, it was. And so, you know, we were, I was, I was, I, and, I mean, I was upset for Murphy, but I was also happy too, because I knew what Murphy that was about to bring out. And there was going to be a problem for some people. <laughs> Obviously, you know, the game was against Florida. You know, there was, there was a very focused, very mad, not, not mad, but like, you know, ready to show people Murphy Holloway, which is a little different than me, um, you know, kind of more intimidating. And so uh, for both of us to kind of go in there with that same mindset, I believe really, really helped the psyche of our team. Um, and you know, I co- Kennedy got me going a couple times during the tournament. I would be coming by. He's like, get it together. Second teamer, 
you know, he was he was using that. Uh, he was using that against me. You know, I'm coming down in the Florida game, and he was like, "Better finish it, you second teamer." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, okay, yeah, you're right." And you know that the people, you know, people can say what they want, but whenever you get a good old up yours uh, in, in that way, that's a great feeling. <laughs> you got the final shot. Yeah. You said uh, maybe they'll I mean, be smarter next year. It's a it's a team game, you know. So uh, whatever, it was okay. We weren't we're not in it for ourselves. We're in it for the team to win the championship, and uh, that and it worked out. But it, it definitely added some fuel to our fire. Um, I would I would be lying to you and trying to be political and saying it didn't, but it definitely did, and it was awesome to kind of shove it back in everyone's face. Um, you know, with the victory. This was really the start of Marshall Madness, um, the start of the hottest two weeks of your college career. You were everywhere. And I'm not just saying this because you're on mm-hmm. the podcast. You were the story in college basketball. You were all over CBS. Yeah. Ole Miss was a national story. And let's be honest, and again, not trying to stroke your ego or anything, but it was because of you and all the stuff you pulled. Mm-hmm. It was Marshall Madness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a funny thing. I was just being the same person as I always was, though. Like, I've always had... Like from junior high on, there was always I was always like public enemy number one for whatever reason. Probably because I was the best player. So that stuff had always been there. Um, I guess it's just kind of interesting to see on a college level, <laughs> or like at, at a you know actually winning a, a serious championship level. Uh, you know, but it was definitely I. And it's funny like that. It's kind of. For me, like going through or whatever, I can remember things, but it's like whatever. It's so far kind of removed. But I'm seeing some of that now in my coaching when I go around and recruit, and I got people that still recognize me or know me. They're like, "Oh my gosh, we watched like people from like Tallahassee, Florida, which is right down the road." And I didn't even realize, you know, I go to watch the Tallahassee Community College game, and there's just all these people are coming up to me, and they're like, "What?" what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, dang, like I didn't know, uh, you know, I obviously knew in Mississippi and I guess, and when I thought about it, I was like, Oh, these people are probably Florida fans. <laughs> but that's the so, lasting stuff though, dude. That's the stuff that people remember. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, it's, it's, it is, uh, it, 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 it's, it's funny to see now, you know, it's been, I don't know, seven years since then. And uh, for people that I've still have never even met um, or like anything, I've never even been over in this region ever uh, to still kind of to recognize me and then like shower me in compliments and all this stuff. It's definitely a nice feeling. And uh, still, you know, to this day, I'm just, I'm kind of like, how, like how all, how all these people, you know, know and remember. To wrap up this entire podcast, where does the Florida win rank in your Ole Miss or even college all of basketball career? Ooh, I would have to say it's probably number two. Oh, what's number one? <laughs> Definitely my junior college national championship when we went thirty-six and zero. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. It's not as ex- it's not as exciting, you know, with all the the publicity and all that, but. We went 36 and 0. And uh that was a really awesome experience from like all the players that I, you know, all my team and that there and that's what got me to Ole Miss um to 
to actually go through an entire season undefeated was, I mean, it hasn't been, there was a junior college team this year that was undefeated that they obviously never played the national tournament. So I don't know if they're going to consider them the last undefeated team, but uh, you know, going through the whole thing, and I think we're one of only six teams ever um, to go undefeated. That's just a, a feat that I'm extremely proud of. And uh, I can, I can, I can really use that. You know, no one can tell me that you should expect losses during a season because I get it with a team that went undefeated and won the whole thing. So no one can ever tell me that you, that, that you can't go undefeated. Um, and I really like having that in like my arsenal of, for my mentality of, of when I'm recruiting players and what they think that I expect from them um, because I've been there and I've done that. And so that's, I can use that game for really kind of, anything to make me seem like I know more than what I do or, you know, stuff like that. Um, so that's just, I, I always got that. Um, but it's also nice to have Florida right there too. When in the sec, um, that really helps me kind of now, or, I mean, yeah, it just helps me now in what I'm doing, being able to use that, you know, kind of as, as, as tools in my shed, um, for why I, I know what I know or places I should be and, and all that good stuff relating with recruits um, because people love champions. And uh, it's nice to really have that um, in my repertoire. So I got a good idea because there are no sports going on. You've got MLB The Show. You're at home. I've got MLB The Show. Oh, yeah. I'm at home. We need to do a live stream playing MLB The Show. People get into the game, Ben versus Marshall Henderson. You don't want the smoke, but I'm just saying – that's the thing. Oh, I would murder. I've been playing this game nonstop for years. Me too. <laughs> Since 2011. My favorite gaming experience ever was in 2011 before you could fast track yourself to the pros, to Major League Baseball. Yeah. And I spent two years in the minor league system with the White Sox who then traded me to the Twins, making it to the show after spending all that time in the minor leagues. I felt like I'd gotten called up. I woke up my then brand new wife to say hey hey i got called up and she's like okay. i did the same thing That's what I'm saying. i was in the minor leagues for like two years or three years and i was like why like i'm killing yes. i'm batting like 389 all this stuff and then finally when i got called up i let the intro play all the way through <laughs> yes. yes oh i made emily get up and watch me step up to the plate for the first time in the major leagues and she's like what are, what are, what are we doing what are we doing i'm like you don't understand <laughs> yes it's the, this is the real me <laughs> this, um, this is yeah, a real accomplishment something people don't know about me is how like good of a baseball player I was. I stopped playing my sophomore year in high school because my recruiting and basketball started going through the roof, but I was a shortstop and I was I, multiple, like five of my teammates that I played with uh, growing up are in the major leagues right now. So like I was really good at baseball and I love baseball. Like as a, I watch basketball. Yeah. But like as a spectator, baseball is my favorite sport, which is another awesome thing about Ole Miss is that, you've got the best baseball <laughs> always. So, you know, I'm a huge, and I'm from Dallas. I'm a big Rangers fan. We just got our new baseball field that I'm not thrilled about because I loved the old stadium. So, um, you know, I, I'm just a big, big baseball fan. And that's what's the tragedy right now is spring mm -hmm. training was over. Opening day was supposed to opening be last day. Week. The Braves were supposed to be playing the Diamondbacks. Mike Soroka. The Rebels yeah, 16-1. and one. 
they freaking the first weekend when they beat Louisville, I was like, oh, it's going to be the year. Mm-hmm. And then here we are. What are we top five? Yeah. Something like that. And, I've asked this question. You, know, you can tell me. And it's terrible. And obviously, there are far greater concerns. Coronavirus is terrible, and we want to get the mortality rate. All those qualifiers. But I got to say, is it in bad taste to say that this is the greatest we are Ole Miss moment? Because they were 16-1, and and then a pandemic hits. They were talking about national championship, and that happens in the yeah, same year. This, I mean, yeah, this is that is. And, you know, with a team like this, the, the thing, though, is that like a team like this at Ole Miss, I would have my back of my head, we're going to blow it in the regionals. Yeah. <laughs> we got to be like hiding under the radar, you know, kind of like, what was it, two years ago we lost in our own regional, and then yeah. last year we make the super regionals and we weren't, quote-unquote, as good. Um, yeah. You know, so that's – I've definitely – I mean, I'm a Cowboys fan, so I know the Rebel way. Yeah, um, I'm a know. Cowboys fan too, Marshall. We've <laughs> talked about it. Ole Miss isn't good at front running. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. We need to just slide right, you know, just kind of chill in the back, in the middle, and then just burst up in the end. <laughs> He's Marshall Henderson, former Ole Miss basketball player, all-time Ole Miss basketball great. I didn't expect it to go this long, I'm going to be honest, but with Marshall, it's fun. It's easy to do. Thank you for doing this, man. I really oh, appreciate man. it. We'll talk again. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $129 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $249 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.